Okay, so of course the last time we was in here, we was talking about the Denver Nuggets winning their first NBA championship ever, but we're past that. Congratulations to them one more time. But this is officially the offseason, so we're going to try to mix a couple things in here. We're going to try to give our end of the season look back, what we appreciated, what we didn't appreciate, this, that, and the third. And we're also going to start moving into our pre-offseason talk, especially with probably what's gonna probably be what's probably gonna be the biggest trade of the offseason so far happening just the other day. And with that being said, I'm John W. Fresh X. And we are the Hoopers. Where you wanna start? You wanna start with the look back at the season or you wanna start with the Bradley Bill? Uh shoot. That's what we here with Brad, why not? We right, started. We, of course everybody know Bradley Bill was Bradley, Bradley Bill was recently traded to the Phoenix Suns for Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, and a plethora of second-round picks. Of course, the first thing I seen when this trade happened, before I get into anything else, I seen somebody talking about how the new CBA didn't matter because trades like this are still going to happen. I wanted to tweet this on. I wanted to tweet this earlier. But I made sure I was recording. I said this because you always say this. There's no such thing as an untradable contract. And what people have to remember, it's not like Bradley Bill is getting traded for pencils and pens and whatnot. He's getting traded for somebody who contract matches his contract. That was always going to be a thing. You have to match contracts. Everything else after that is just to get the money close enough or just extras. But Bradley Bill, two-time scoring champion. No, one-time scoring champion. One time, I believe. Yeah, Steph beat him out the second time. One-time scoring champion, three-time All-Star, I think. The All-NBA. Probably one of the, regardless of how you feel about his team's regular season of playoff success, probably one of the top three or four shooting guards in the NBA at this moment, depending on how y'all fit people, certain people positionally. But first, to get started, what does this trade do for Phoenix, and what does this trade mean for the Wizards and where they're going into their future? Right. First, first of all, when I first even saw that Phoenix was an option, because first, I'm start with a few things that I've seen about it. For one, I don't think people understand why Brad had a no trade clause. I think they think he just got it and it was just thrown in there. A no trade clause is like a seniority thing. When he signed his max deal, he had been with his team for so long that it was offered to him. That's why he was the only player in the league with a no trade clause because. People aren't staying on their teams. That's number one. So he's going to be able to choose wherever he was going. They say he turned down deals. Not turned down because it also said he was cool wherever, you know, wherever it made the most sense, where he felt comfortable. So it was a deal to Miami. It was a deal to the Bucks. Then the deal to the Suns. Suns in Miami, I think, were the most enticing, but there was a deal to the Bucks that was real. Um, of course, everybody's talking about the, how the CEO is the agent's son or whatever they, they their dad and son yeah. however that works um, but that's not the you know Jalen Brunson's dad works for the Knicks it, it happens in the league yeah, they probably gonna hit, they probably gonna get hit with a tavern clause I don't, I don't think so because they no because I mean you can still negotiate and this this I don't think it was expected or something like that so I don't I don't think that there was a way that it could be tampered honestly mm-hmm. and the Wizards gave them an opening and I don't think many people even considered the Suns, honestly, I wasn't considering the Suns when we talked about Brad, so that's why I don't think it's tampering or whatever. But I think that would would be easier and more motivating to make the deal, knowing the leverage that Brad has. And what it says for the Wizards, obviously, is the new owners or the ownership, I don't know if they're new or not, but they gave the GM control to say what he wanted to do. If you want to restart, restart. If you want to give another run with Brad, Przingis, maybe we sign Kuz back, do that. He chose to restart. So I don't think it mattered to him where Bradley Bill went or what they got back. Some of the talkings of what they were offered from Miami was still going to be deals on the uh, stuff on the board, basically. They trying to get off of contracts. Chris Paul contracts going to expire. Shaman's contract going to expire. It, that makes sense for them. We just trying to get off these deals. Right. We get a couple of draft picks. It's not like it's going to be for this draft or whatever. Plus, Brad can choose where he want to go, so that does matter. For Phoenix, I guess to bring it all the way to them, I never expected them to be a part of this because I'm like, Brad and Book? How, how does that work? 
um, which they have played together at Rico Hines. I don't know if you saw I posted that video earlier. Well, I re- retweeted the video earlier. Mm. I forgot that they hooped together at, at with Rico Hines. Not to me how did they work necessarily, but who's the point guard, I guess, is where I immediately go with that. Because I've already said Kevin Durant can fit on any team in NBA history. It doesn't matter. He's low maintenance. He's going to get what he gets, and he's going to be efficient with where he gets it. Pause. <laughs> um, Booker and Brad can like Brad has sh- has pulled back more recently like purposely because he was taking a lot of shots that's why he was averaging 30 a game when they went and got Westbrook and all the last couple of years he's taking less shots they had the Przingis they had the Kuzma so I think they, they can play off of each other they can be efficient that can clearly be the running of your offense or whatever I just think for Phoenix where does this put you as far as trying to get someone that runs his team because the death is going to be the overrated thing. You're going to hear, oh, they got no bend, blah, blah, blah. Look at what the Nuggets just did. The Nuggets just won with seven players who they knew what they was going to do every night in a wild card. They played seven players consistently in the finals. That's always Bron- your point, too, about death. Brian got some run in the end. He When he played well, he played. When he didn't, he sat. In one game, they played DeAndre Jordan a little bit in game five because they have a cushion and they needed some size on the court. He played for two, three minutes, and they got him up out of there. Death helps during the regular season to keep people healthy. Um, but And they still have to add because they don't have anything to this team. But it's like they're going to be able to re-sign their players, uh, which is why everybody like tripping about the CBA. Really read what the CBA is, and you'll know what this means. It's not about the big deals. It's about some of those little in-between. Five and ten million. Exactly. And if you, like, this owner don't care about paying the luxury tax, you're going to pay it. The luxury tax just go back to the league anyway. Like, it's just a big round. I've read about this before, so I ain't going to go in detail with it because it's some nerd shit. But the money just goes back into the league. Man. <laughs> it ain't like you're playing into it and then the government's getting it or something like that. I mean, they do get it in the end, but you're paying back into the league. If you got, if it's you got, if you got it, spend it, basically. If you're making money, you running it up. You got people paying a thousand dollars to play in a standing room, like Golden State. You don't care about it. So my thing is, all right, how do you build a roster around? What does this mean for keep keeping Aiton? Vogel has already spoken on how he likes the anchor of his defense to be a big center that's that's there in the middle, and that's not necessarily there for scoring. So I don't think they care about Aiton scoring, especially now we're getting Brad. So. Mm-hmm. It's like, do you move Aiton to get a solid center, a solid point guard, and a bench player? Because he's still young. He's averaged 18 and 10, number one pick in 2018. You can get, and and that gets you off of that deal, of Aiton's deal. Um, but can you ta- can you trade Aiton basically and get, at least this is what I'm thinking, because maybe they want to keep him. But I don't think the role that Vogel wants him to play is going to fit, especially with having KD booked. If he, you ain't booking, booking Bill will. They're gonna get day touches. KD gonna eat because he KD. If Aiden wants to be offensively involved, it's not gonna really work here right. unless he's just straight pick and rolling and diving because you can catch some lobs. But that's beside the point. To back to my main point is, and it was already stated that maybe they would be looking to flip Aiden. Do you move Aiden because you can still get solid players for him? Sign back Josh Kogi because that's going to be a deal that you can get in Josh Kogi works with this team. See if you can get something back in TJ Warren and Terrence Ross. And even if they just show a little life, maybe you can move those players later down the season. And I think Campaign has a non-guaranteed contract. He's solid in a backup role. But I think you still have to find somebody that's starting that point guard. And then maybe this is even where you look at people like John Wall, minimum deals. Um... I don't think Westbrook works there, but he's a free agent. Um, guys that you can get in, I think he may want more money. Right. But you can get John Wall on the minimum deal, and I think he, he works there or whatever. But it's just how do you expand the rest of your team, which you bring back Ross, you bring back Wayne Wright, bring back TJ Warren, bring back Josh Kogi, but it's still getting that point guard. So it's going to be interesting to see how this works how they commit defensively. I think all of that, the the efforts they make over the regular season is what's going to matter in the postseason. During the regular season, people can say what they want. 
if they and is you gotta say if because KD has been hurt every year the last few years. Booker got hurt last year. Brad, has been, hey, you know, you know how to, I ain't gonna act like I ain't spoke on Brad's injuries before. These, they gonna say he just hurt these previous seasons, but he was hurt when John Wall was leading them to the Eastern Conference, trying to lead them to the Eastern Conference Finals. He was getting rid of the teams himself. So Brad has always had a shaky injury history, but. This is a opportunity for them to go out and get it. And if they're healthy during the regular season, people say what they want. Healthy KD is 50 wins. You see what the Nets was doing when he was healthy last year, season before? KD is going to win during the regular season. It's going to matter during the postseason. Are they going to commit to defending on the other side? Do they get a point guard that's able to set the table for them? Um, and things of that nature is what's going to get them to the next level. But healthy, they're going to win during the regular season. They were a top four seed this year. They're going to be a top four seed again next year. You got three players that can score 40 at any point efficiently. Um, and I think that offensively they play well around each other. It's a matter of who is going to run this team and how are they going to commit to defense. No, yeah, I think those are definitely uh, the first – three issues that they're going to try to solve the Aiden thing because is it do you just want Aiden or do you think you can flip him? Like I say, get a big – because like I say, first he has to be willing to play that role of defensive anchor, just taking a step, pick and roll, taking a little step back on offense. But just like can you trade Aiden and maybe get, like you say, a big wing guard combo, then you try to maybe flip – I feel like they're either going to try to flip Terrence Ross or T.J. Warren and get another – yeah, another big probably because I feel like they can get too big to replace A and they'll be cool with that. Exactly. Like you say, after the starting point guard, whoever runs point after that, it it doesn't matter. It don't really it. matter. Like, you really be, just need a starter. Right. You need a starter who can start fifteen to twenty good minutes. Booker, KD, and after that, after have that, the ball. But having a ball handling point guard does matter. Right. Because I feel like after the first. 10, 15 minutes of the game, everything else is situ- it's situational basketball. Exactly. After the first quarter and a half, it's exactly. how do where do we put KD that makes sense? Where are we going to put Bill that makes sense? And Booker, how do we stagger their minutes? And all that, like you said, still, who is who is the right point guard to run this team? Because you don't necessarily need somebody who's looking to attack and score, maybe attack playmate, maybe a shooting playmaker, defender, because who's, who's ever playing point guard also has to be not a top tier tier one defender, but he has to be a willing and capable defender as well. Though. Exactly, somebody that's gonna step up and defend. And it's funny because going for Bill, they clearly was going for another guard because they were right. talking talk how they were gonna try and get Kyrie, James Harden wasn't talk, but they clearly was going for that guard and they went for a, a two guard. So they clearly think, all right, we can play somebody else in there to play some minutes. And that's why I say John Wallen. I mean, I don't know where John does John have it left. Obviously, the low pause will be a lot lighter with right. these guys running to be able to run that team. So, the main thing was, was funny is in a perfect world, I, I really think Aiden could fit the role Absolutely. that's needed. He has good size pause. Um, he moves well around the basket. If you really could Gotta get him, if you could really get him to commit to the defensive end, being a defensive anchor, and being on the boards, just playing big and mean in the post. And on the offensive end, they're going to play pick and rolls with you, which is going to lead to the pick and pops. And he could be dangerous for them offensively. I just honestly, in the in my own mind, that he could change and be something different. I just don't think he'll fully commit to that role that will be there for him. But I think he, to what I think he could do is not what I believe he will do on the court because he he can he got the mid range shot. He has a little post shot because you're going to need a post presence offensively still a little bit. Not necessarily saying you could just pass it to him. No, yeah. Uh, as far as that being in your offense, but in a in a perfect world, the way that DeAndre Aiden plays offensively and the way I think he can play defensively, being a seven footer and being agile, he really would be good for them. But I don't think he's going to buy into the roles of being that fourth guy, especially so young in his career. Uh, still trying to live up to being a number one pick and all that already has had some issues there and if if it doesn't if you already knowing it's not going to work if that's your way to get some depth do it now like whatever team you're going to have do it now go into training camp with this team 
little in the season moves, adding this guy to your bench, adding some deaths here is cool. But major deals in the middle of the season don't all they don't really lead to championships. The only time I've really seen it happen just as far as even going to the championship or winning the championship is Pal the Powell trade and the Rasheed Wallace trade. But usually when these dudes get traded in the middle of the season, you you're not going to the finals that year. So I just feel like get your team now, whoever whoever it is, I'm big on having that team, knowing who we playing with, we in training camp. Learning, learning then in training camp. Like, I'm glad you already got Frank Vogel before the draft. Cool. Now, it ain't no, oh, we drafted some guys because maybe you can pick up some stuff in the draft. We draft some guys I don't care about. And now, nah, you are there. And he's been the coach for a couple weeks now. So, you in the draft process, get through this free agent process. He's going to fully be there through free agency. He's there through this trade. So, he's understanding what's going on as opposed to, all right, this team is there. And now you just got to whatever. Y'all can call each other up because Book and KD, they was already 36. Now you add Bill, he's 39. Oh, there's three retired because everybody been putting him back in 23. I don't understand. What? what? Kevin Johnson? Kevin Johnson no, was Chris seven. Paul, Chris Paul was three. Exactly. So oh, yeah. now, now they, they 30. Now you got 39. They, I know they're going to get together in September. They're going to be hooping. They're going to they gonna do all that. But if you got the whole team together already, everybody can show up. You can hoop. You can go locked in. And people are going to talk about a lot of stuff with Denver, but what's What's worked with them and the last few championships, other than the Warriors, with some pieces here, there's the continuity is them being there for years. So I, if you can't at least and have the it for years, yeah. at least started off having a full like I got a full offseason together now. We know in July, August that Brad, KD, and Booker are on the same team. They all healthy right now. Right, all healthy. They can start working out together, some more training together, especially because they're all hoopers. So I'm sure by the time they're all in hoop mode, they're going to be hooping to- together. they on the West Coast, so it's going to be easy for them to get together. The vibes is going to be well. I like Phoenix. I just want to see what else they're going to do to this team, who else is going to run point guard. Right. And I'm a firm believer of a healthy Kevin Durant is going to put his team in a position to win a championship. Um, but he has to stay healthy, and he no. I will not deny that he has not been healthy, and that has – Really hurt his team's last since T towards Achilles. Nah, the I, no, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I'm definitely on the same page as you. Who's gonna be those other five players who's in that main roster with them to make it an eight? And knowing what they gonna do, that's why right. I like. Like, I'm, I'm really big on them bringing back a Kogi because the Kogi showed that he fit with 36. So <laughs> you gotta bring no, him for sure, back like, for sure. But before we move to another thing, I just want because obviously this is started the super team. I was, I was actually gonna go to that next. Okay, no, good. Okay. Uh, okay. So, like you said, of course, Bill KD has to be health, have to be healthy. Um, I want to get into about Bill because I seen something that might you know make sense with that. But like you said, of course, KD because whether you're making jokes or you're being serious about it, it's got to be can KD win without a super team? Right. How much help does KD need? Is that in the third? And my first thought. I know this is weird. Like, how can you even flip it like this? Where did you even come from? But I also remember what he was saying last year about his legacy. You know what, like what type of legacy he wants to leave. What if he's doing this for those players? What if he's doing this for Bill, who he's seen in the playoffs before? Right. Of game seven, one game, one win away from going to a conference finals back in uh, 2016. Yeah. Yes, 2016. Like uh, Devin Booker, we see him go to the finals. We see him ascend to one of the 10, 20 players in the NBA who you know on a nightly basis is going to show up and go to work. But it was hard for him to get back. Uh, like I say, Aiden, we don't know what's the next step for Aiden to take in his career, whether that is taking a step, taking some focus away offensively to be a better team defender and even a better team offensive player. Um, like I said, going back to what he was like last year when he was talking about his legacy, because that's always going to be the talk of KD. He said, you know, his legacy is how his legacy is going to be remembered for how Cam Thomas played 10 years from now. Nick Claxton, how does he develop? And it's like, I don't think that's – I think that's fair of KD. Like, yeah, I've seen Bill. Bill's been – like, you got to think at one point KD was this same guy as a lot of these dudes. Four-time scoring champion. To your, He went to a championship because I know you big on – if you that type of player, not necessarily going and winning, but leading your team to something. Like, he was MVP once. Four-time scoring champion. All-star. Like, he was all of these things, but he couldn't – for whether it was his fault or his own or not, you know, he couldn't get over to the next hump and he go to Golden State. And then, boom, you see it. He understands. He already understood the work ethic, but he sees 
that not just the players but an organization understands the work ethic and what it takes to start you know takes to be a champion from our point from July to the end of from July to July basically like what does it take to be a champion honestly and what if that's all KD is doing as an elder statement for the league at this point, it's like him and LeBron, the oldest two players in the league. I know it's not him and LeBron exactly, but at this point, it's like, who else is there for real? So it's like, what if KD is doing it? Just because I don't think there's nothing wrong with passing down game to even players as other All-Stars for real that have never have never necessarily achieved anything on a team scale. Right. And I know it's like, oh, how can you say that? But it's like, I don't think there's nothing wrong with KD doing it. I don't think – maybe that's just how I'm flipping it because I don't care if he play on a super team or not. I've been, I'm over that. Like he's trying to help Brad get he's trying to help Brad establish his legacy at this point. He's trying to help Devin Booker establish his legacy. But how do you feel about the talks that's gonna be all year if KD can't play without a super team? I mean, first of all, I would say that he can't play without a super team is just like the Warriors narrative. I mean for one, I don't think he, he's necessarily because I saw I said that he helped recruit Brad there. I think that's the same as him saying he don't care if he comes there or not. The son, the son <laughs> owner up. has clearly shown that he's going to be aggressive in the moves that he's making, starting with making them make the Kevin Durant trade. I mean, the, the son's owner seems very motivated to, to win, win now, build a, a championship-level team. Um, that's one angle, and I think Kevin Durant – says, hey, I'm a team player. I don't mind if we play with Brad. It'd be cool. Like, I don't think he's saying, no, I don't want to play with Brad. And I think that's what people want. Like, <laughs> it's, it's simple as that. Like, you got people like, oh, can you know Katie? Like, hey, y'all, like, Katie is the top two player on their team. They're not going to like, yo, Katie, what you think about us getting Brad? And I think, are they <laughs> upset because because that his team is making the deals? Because I don't want to flip it to to LeBron. But it's like, it's a matter of some team. Because, all right, people are begging Dame to get traded and go to Miami and make a quote-unquote super team there. And Miami just isn't making the deal. Dame just isn't agreeing to the deal or whatever. And is it bad that they're just agreeing to go to these places? The player wants to get I, traded yeah, and the team I, wants to do it? I, of course not for me, no. It's, Sometimes yes, it's as it simple is as that. Thing. And I think KD's narrative now is just that he's a super team player. I also think, for me, what it always comes down to me is I have a lot of respect for Bradley Beal, the player that he is. I know that Brad is a hooper. He's averaged 30 twice in his career. He's been a go-to player. Bradley is the best player on his team. They're six seed at best. How how good is Brad that we're talking about this team as a super team? I think it's, it's people who know way more than me. Way more at First different angles of the game. First and foremost. But I will stand on my basketball knowledge. I've watched a lot of basketball. Dad watched basketball. We've been watching a shit ton of basketball since we were kids. Like old games. We don't watch all these old VHSs to come fly with these, the Dr. J thing. Just watching regular games. Whatever. We can get to the history of the game. And we're watching certain great players now. This always happens. Walt Frazier and uh, uh Black Jesus start playing together. Uh, he he goes from them to New York. How do they play together? Oh, yeah, and, and, Willis, and Willis Reed is there, and and he handled the ball more in Washington. So it's like, I how I'm a fit playing Nasa Frazier. You fit a role because at the end of the day, you are a great player individually, but you didn't carry them to the next great height. And I don't see Brad as no different. Um, yeah. He's never led a team to the Western Conference Finals as as the best player. Maybe he's been the best two in the league, but. He's, it's never been an argument for Bradley Beal as the best player in the NBA. No disrespect to Bradley Beal. He's a hooper. He's a role player. And the role player just got traded. That's really what it is. At his best, he could be a consistent all-star, but... And I'm, I mean, I'm hating. I'm hating to even like have to like go into it like <laughs> this, but Brad's been in the league six, seven years. He made three all-star games. That's cool. He's a good player. It's not like if he retired today, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. No disrespect to Brad. He's a hooper. Brad is on a good team when Washington was winning. John Wall was their best player. And you can't tell me different. Like, I was watching them games. I watched them series John Wall win for them. John Wall was their best player. And when John Wall got hurt, it's when Washington got worse. Brad is really good. A really good player just got traded to go play with a superstar. Devin Booker on his own is a really good play. Like I, this is where only where I and you could put my bias on it, whatever. But 
I just think when people be thinking and they be talking about these players because Kevin Durant is a team player and he went to play with the Warriors and Steph is one of them, so I put Steph up there. They be really acting like they're equal to him. And That's why I was about that. Even, That's what I was saying. close. Like, these guys are role players that would not carry a team to a championship on their own. Steph can carry a team to a championship on his own. That's what make it a super team. And then Clay, I think Clay can carry a team to the playoffs on his own. Draymond, I think Draymond is a respectable player. His career is going to get him into the Hall of Fame, but He's, he's really kind of overrated. But we ain't talking about them. A role player got traded to a team, a role player that can be an all-star. I mean, if he plays well this year, he could potentially be an all-star. But he got traded to a team with a superstar, and now they're going to try and put it together and try to win a championship. They have, they all have superstar deals, so that's where the top, right. the top comes in. Because so Brad sure. Deal is 250, KD is KD. I don't know what book deal is, but book is an all-star. Bradley's about to be 30. He's been hurt. I mean, it just makes sense. Um, so when we get into the super team talk, it, it, it worked with the Warriors because they were champions. It can even work with James Harden because James is the MVP. Kyrie was a champion. I get it there. It, I don't think it fits the narrative for this. I think they traded for a really good shooting guard that could play well with them because they all could fit offensively if they get a point guard and they commit to defense. <laughs> no, I, I definitely agree. Um, I think a lot of Brad's judgment come from the contracts he signed over the last four or five seasons of his NBA career towards these big numbers, but it's not really producing on a team level. You know, you feel about that, how you feel about that. But I also think with that being said, you're right. Nobody on this team is KD's level. Like, shout out to Book. They probably got the th- two of the four best shoe guards on the team on, in the NBA on one probably team. the top two shooting guards. That's, that's cool with me, too. Cause I'm, like I said, it depends. I, I always say it depends on how you feel about Luka and what position yeah, he Luka plays. And, and, uh, and how far away and how, and how far away you think and, Ant-Man is. What, what you think of Jalen or two Jalen Brown. So right. Stuff like that. Yeah, no, two yeah. of the top four. You're right. Two, you're two right. of the top four right. shooting guards, but neither right. one of them at their heights are top five players in the league. At all. Not even close. And like I said, I get the money, so when you get like, oh, that's just the way it works. Like, there's no... There's really no that's nego- where, uh, super <laughs> yeah. team. There's it, really no negotiation team, right? on contracts in the NBA, especially and when you stay with your team. Brad showed that yeah. I can stay with my team. I can get my two fifty. I can get my no he trade did. clause, and I can and get I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I said this at some point last year on the episode. Like this is what Brad was gonna do. He was gonna sign that contract, and when you the, can always, <laughs> I've heard every analyst say it. <laughs> Even especially back then, There's no such when, thing when it was happening, not, and not even yes, and not even just that, but they always say every listen to a bunch of players that they always say sign that deal because you can get traded. Like, I swear I've heard so many players, say and that's that. what Brad did. <laughs> that's what he did yeah, because he when you're a star, right. they can make when, when you're a star, they can move that deal because also you're under contract now. So you, I mean, we just got to match the money at that point. Exactly. But no, nah, yeah, and once again, I ain't the CBA guy. I don't even understand how all of a sudden that's what NBA Twitter is now, CBA and yeah, TV yeah. ratings and whatnot. Like, I don't even know about that stuff for real. Yeah, but, um, like I said, I also wanted to bring, like you said earlier, uh, Katie has definitely had some health issues since 2019 with the Achilles. Bradley Bill has been in and out the lineup over the last three, four, five years. Devin Booker dealt with some injuries last year. Who knows, like I said, who knows what the rest of his roster is going to be like and how they fill it out. But do you think with them adding Brad, do you think that takes pressure, some of the pressure off Brad's body and off of KD's body to where it's like, all right, I might not, I can do what I do and not have to do as much. Like Brad will probably never average 30 again. But who's to say he can't average 25 because KD is going to get his in the flow of it. Devin Booker is going to get his in the flow. And De- Devin Booker probably, I think it's really going to come down to Devin Booker and Bradley Bill. Who's and how do you get them not to play? All right, it's my turn basketball because I without a point guard, I feel like that's what it could be because neither one of them is setting each other up. But it's like, do you think with Brad playing with these two types of player and who have they fill the roster? Do you think that takes stress off his body to be an A one player when he might just no disrespect to him, he might be a one B player? Right. Um, I definitely think this is going to help him relax a little more. And last year, he took 17 shots a game the year before 19. So he, he's brought his shots down the last couple of years, um, especially last year you playing with Przingis and Kuzma, who are, you know, you got to respect that they're they going to get their shots. I think they both was averaging 20 for a while. So he, he I think the person who will be a more of a we're going to him player is going to be Devin Booker because mm-hmm. he shoots the most shots. Even though Kevin, Kevin averaged the most Kevin has shown that he would take the least amount of shots and be efficient throughout the whole time with Golden State. Remember, Clay 
average the most shots That's between right. Steph and um, KD, KD and Clay, but right. KD and Steph always were dead, neck and neck and scoring because right. KD's gonna be so efficient or whatever. So I think Booker is probably be who they would lean on more as far as like as far as when they're attacking. I feel like you kind of close more with KD and. You know, maybe you get going early with Brad, but then even situational, it's just a matter of, I think, who's slowing. Um, Booker is the youngest of them, right? I think so, yeah. Uh, yeah, Booker's only 26. Brad is 30, obviously. He's 29. I keep getting him 30. He's about to be 30. Brad is 29. Katie's obviously 34. So, Booker being the young one, that's who you really kind of want to – hey, Book, you go get 60 tonight, and we'll get these little 20s. Not for and sure. then when it's time, you need Brad to get a 40. What you really need Brad them for is, is closing situations. And you, I think – Everyone thinking Booker should up his play. Like, I think Brad should up his a little bit more. I think Booker is going to have to be efficient, and I think you want him to be aggressive. KD's just going to be KD, honestly. I think what, what you need more from him is going to be what he's going to do defensively, um, honestly, because he's going to be efficient, and when he's going, you're going to have to give him the ball. I think KD playmaking goes to another level, and, and you may need other three, because I said Brad. Other three, you probably need KD's playmaking to go to another level and then Brad and Booker can play off of that because KD you can put him anywhere on the court right um, but I'm, I don't know the free agents that are available and but like you have to really lock in on getting a good big and a point guard and like this is where you get because let's say if you kept DeAndre Ayton this is where the CBA would come into where you couldn't sign at his time I think of a backup like uh, JaVale McGee who's going to command 7 to 14 million on a two year deal money might be off a little bit but you can't sign that player who if Aiden gets hurt you're going to start him and then he may not play for a couple games um, and or even in since you can't sign let's say if they wanted to sign JaVale McGee I'm just saying of a, not, not even JaVale McGee today but they might can't sign JaVale McGee today because what's his price tag um, and not what Hey, you didn't hear it here first, but I wouldn't be surprised. But let's say you get him when he were the, the prototypical, he could be a backup, good backup, and then he went and got the bag from the Lakers. That's how good of a backup he was. But you sign that player who's going to defend. He could be at the rim, catch some lives, and then you get a point guard, um, I would say, in the level of I don't want to say Sean Livingston because he was already there, but somebody like that, honestly. Yeah, right. um, even like the Jeff Green player that he is for um, for Denver. Denver. Right. That's where it's going to be tougher and where you're going to have to hone in on your players kind of taking that next level. Um, so that's where it's going it's to be the challenge for Phoenix. But, hey, they got James Jones running things. Right. We'll see what he could do. Maybe no. You got to be aggressive. Well, I don't know if they they probably don't have nothing in the draft now because I said find something in the draft. I know you traded all your draft picks, first round picks of KD. I think a lot of the second round picks was in this for draft for Brad. So, like I said, yeah. I think that's where those moves come into play. Where you like start you said, moving A and Terrence Ross, TJ Warren to get another one of those players. Uh, Want to look at Chris Paul real quick, of course, who was the other player in this trade because he also had a quote unquote untradeable contract. But going to the Wizards, who knows if he stays there or not. Probably get bought out, but first, do you want? Would you like to see him stay there? I know the Wizards don't necessarily have as much to work with as Chris Paul has had in the past. After you know, even being traded, he got traded OKC, who was basically, you know, not necessarily a top tier team, but they had quality that he could help lead to the playoffs. Phoenix, he goes there, they go to the championship. We see what he did with the Clippers all those years. Do you think the Wizards have enough to say, hey, baby, we tried with Chris Paul this year? And then go next year. Or is it okay? What's the buyout market for Chris Paul? And where did would you where did you think Chris Paul is gonna go? I definitely think the Wizards should buy out Chris Paul. I think Chris Paul just, probably should want to buy out. out. Right. Um, I mean, what's the point of you really trying to win? Yeah, if y'all dumping salaries, if you want, if you're still playing, I mean, if you're gonna play and you want to play, I respect it. But I would be looking for a buyout in. Yeah, I think he's gonna be on the market for teams like obviously the, the Lakers. I've seen the Lakers up, and the Clippers. Clippers. For the most part. Um, I think you have to be checking out the situation in Philly, depending on what happens with James. Um, somebody said Boston. 
gotta be looking at what's going on in Boston. Um, looking for teams. That I think even Miami. Maybe he works there. Just looking for teams that are gonna, is going to be looking for a guard, yeah, a point Kyle guard. That's the play. Chicago, you know, Chicago. Um, you say who? Say like Kyle Lowry and Chris Paul on the same team. Oh my God! Right. <laughs> what Chicago? They nah, they obviously in need of a point guard. I, right. I don't even know if Kyle Lowry is going to be back. So no, nah, that that is well, right? So, <laughs> but you got to be looking at those kind of teams unless you're just looking to go somewhere and just play and hoop and help make a run for the playoffs. Maybe not necessarily some uh, expectations like Orlando, um, somewhere like that. No, sure. <laughs> no, yeah, I get but, that. Uh, I think I would imagine if I'm him, I don't think he wants to go back to the Clippers. Why would you? I would imagine if I'm gonna take this buyout, you're probably at the end of the. Uh, you probably at the end. You are at the end. You're closer to the end than the beginning. Whether you think you got two seasons left, this this season, three seasons, whatever, you're probably more so at the end. You think you got a good run in you. You see what the Lakers finished with last year. I would just go play with LeBron, like. Like Mel- Mel- that makes the most Melo sense, did right. his last year. Y'all got a spot for me to play because Melo knew it's a role for me to play here, no matter what that role is. It's a role for me to play where I know I'm going to play. We're going to make a run. I'm going to play with LeBron one time. We in L.A. and just go from it from there. Honestly, I think just keep it simple, honestly. No, for sure. Like Chris Paul is going to be one of those players. Like Unless that. Philly, if Philly becomes open, that's a starting position. So I would look there. Honestly, they they gonna need a point guard. Even with Maxi, they gonna need a point guard. Chris Paul worked well with guards like that. Look what he did for Dennis Schroeder. He was almost um, six man of the year that right, year. True. So I would have to look at Philly if James don't go back to Philly. But more likely, I would be like, I'm going to play with LeBron. No, oh, yeah, and to look at Chris Paul, of course, don't want to look at his legacy prematurely because he isn't done. Yeah, but as you said, he is closer to the he end. Done. Get him out of here. <laughs> he is closer to the end than the, than he is towards the beginning. And players like Chris Paul are always in a peculiar situation because he could go somewhere, run up some more stats, just play to play and just hoop because, you know, he loves to play basketball, even though he's an NBA player. Or he could go to a team like the Lakers who could make some roster movements and maybe they go back, maybe they can make another conference finals run. Not even just Chris Paul, but just players in general. Like players like Brad and all that, that's one thing. That's a different thing because they're in their prime. They still have a chance. Regardless of how we, regardless of where Brad is at, Brad is never going to be a top five shooting guard, but he does have a chance to add on to his legacy, legacy resume. I just made up a word there. But would you like to see Chris Paul's age? Like, just go play basketball. Try not to, like, if you get a ring, if you can get a ring in the process, cool. But you at this point where your legacy not going to change. People respect you how he respects you. You gonna, you are who you are. Like, just go play basketball. Would you have a problem with that, honestly? I wouldn't. Like, I think playing basketball would be the main goal, which, like, if it's three ring opportunities there that may be available, potentially four, uh, that, that are there that he actually could hoop. Like, the Lakers, Philly, Clippers, and Miami legit may need a point guard where he actually could play. He, and even if that's him coming off the bench at times, but I think he could, he could start in all those places. Um, so, and he'd be able to play. So I think those actually make sense for him. But if it's not really there, like I wouldn't force myself to go to a team where it don't make sense. So if the Lakers bring back D'Angelo Russell and then they got Schroeder and they got all these guards, or Philly brings James Harden back, like if it, if it don't make sense, then it don't make sense. And then I wouldn't mind him going, like I said, go to a team. Like, I saw that he might have been interested in going to Detroit because him and Monty had a good relationship. I don't know if that was real or not, but I saw that on Twitter. But he, he liked that they were a young team, Cade and Jay Ivey, and that would give you a chance to hoop, mentor, and all that stuff. If you down for it, if that's what you want to do, I'm cool with that. Oh, but sure. if you have the opportunity to to win and you can play it, it makes sense. Then, you know, why not? Right. No, yeah, absolutely. Like I say, if it, if it makes sense and you can get a ring out of it, cool. But also, like I said, I feel like once players get to a certain age and they haven't got it, especially with how we've been, how basketball talk has been over the last 10 years where, you know, get a ring or your career wasn't anything for the most part. Like, I would just like to see an older player go out and just... I got another one in me. Like, <laughs> like, like this card. You know, just go out there and mentor... 
and not just have to accept the role as a mentor, but really want to be a mentor to a younger player, to a young team that you can show how to be professional, how to play every day, how to practice, how to just get ready for the whole season, even in the off season. So if you really want to hoop, you can just go to Chicago. Him, yeah. Lamar, Zach Levine. They, 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 they compete. They go on runs where you think, dang, can they make the Eastern Conference Finals? <laughs> then the playoffs come and they might even make the second round and then they lose at five. It is like, all right, we're not going to hold that round against you, though. But, but Yeah, but they're going to be hooping and they're going to be competitive. No, for sure. They could sneak into the Conference Finals. No, that, yeah. no yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, he should look... He, 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 he should he, definitely look into Chicago. He though. team Jordan, too, so... He yeah. works in Chicago. Yeah, he definitely is team Jordan. Especially can hold, you know, hold that place there until they find a point guard. Maybe they draft a young point guard. All right. No, yeah, for sure. They got yeah, Kobe, go Chicago. Got Kobe sure. White already there as well. Like, yeah, you could go there. Him, Alex, him, Alex Crusoe, Kobe White probably be something next year. Yeah, go to Chicago. The team. There you go, Chicago Bulls for Chris Paul. But, of course, as you said, we got the offseason coming up. And one of the big parts of the offseason is the NBA draft. I'm not going to sit here. We're not going to get in the super draft breakdown because I ain't, that ain't me. Right. <laughs> but I do want to mention um, the Thompson Twins who play down here at OTE Elite. Um, league and they I think when I saw it this afternoon they both were in the top six with um, I think um, how you say Amen 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 Targaryen I think it's Amen yeah <laughs> he was at number four I think and you had Asir at number six I've already been on record saying this even going back you know to the beginning of the season with them one of them have to go in the top five for OT to take that next level as far as being respectable and acceptable way for the prep school, prep players to go. But if you can get both of them in the top seven, that could be a game changer for them. Do you think one of them still needs to go in the top five at least? At one point it was top three, but I think we've gotten, I think everybody's gotten out of that. But do you think one of them still needs to go in the top five? I think one in the top five definitely secures it and it, it takes them to the next leap. And both of them in the top 10, really helps because obviously they went through the first year of the draft no one got drafted the player who they thought you know they had no draft he went to summer league didn't have a good showing and he didn't get picked up i only think he played in the g league this year probably went overseas i ain't 100 percent sure but so what made the the, the I know that's a troubling start but the g league had kind of the same thing the first year they didn't sign nobody nothing happened they up their price then you get Jalen Green, he gets drafted in the top three, and then I was like, all right, this is actually your way. So you get a player, like a top three gets crazy, but a top five is still solid. Like, all right, I can go there and I can go top five. And if you get two in the top ten, now you, you still gonna have people say, well, it's, it was because they were twins, so that's why they both went there. That's going to be a talk. Right. But at least having two players to go top ten will make – like, if players see it as a viable path, they'll take it. People didn't come out of high school because they didn't think you can get drafted. And, and you definitely don't want to do that just to go in the second round and not have a guaranteed contract. Then KG goes in the top five, and it's like, oh, okay. Then it's just taller players, and then you see Sebastian Telfair get drafted in the, in the lottery. And they're like, oh, all right, we could do it. The overseas route. Brandon Jennings go overseas. He didn't even think he was going in the first round to the point that he didn't show up to the draft. Then he goes 10. He pulled up to the draft. And that, <laughs> You're right. And then LaMelo goes number two or three. Well, he went top three. So when you see it's an actual path, I think that opens it up to be more. So them getting drafted, definitely one in the top five, but both in the top seven, top ten alone because – if you if if you're mocked at seven, you can easily fall to ten. You can easily fall to eleven or twelve. Um, so where they actually go will be interesting. Right. Two in the lottery, I think, still would be key. Even if you fall out of the top ten, but if both of y'all go in the top ten and one goes top five, yeah, you'll have players like yeah, I can actually do that because you can think what you want about the league. They are in there grinding. They working hard. It's, if you got the talent. It's just a training year for you, honestly. That's how you have to look at it as you get prepared. You're going to be playing some basketball. Obviously, I don't think that – it's not even that the competition there, but the circumstances aren't going to be the same as if you're playing in college. Right. And I, I think you can even say that for the G League – the G League a little bit. The G League sales is I'm playing against NBA players. This guy can get called up at any moment to go to the NBA. So that's a sale for the G League. Trying to go to the NBA, you're training against the G League. College sale is the rivalries and – 
how big these games are, the pressure situations is NBA type pressure. Even though you may not be playing against some players, this guy is gonna be an accountant in four years. Shout out to him, he finna make a hundred thousand a year. Um, but it's the pressure there overseas, the travel, the pressure, the situation, language barrier. You have to be a pro to figure it out. What's OTE sell if you get a player in the top five? It's like, all right, you still get elite training. The competition is clearly there to keep your endurance up. How they move their first couple years as a pro, oh, the pro, because they have like media train class. The media train classes is actually working. So you out here moving smart. You ain't messing up your money. You're not getting in questionable trouble. People see the advantage to it and then help bring more players into it. No, for sure. I definitely agree. I don't think I could have said it as well as that, but I definitely agree with all that. You have to see that it's a, that it's a realistic and it's a viable option that works. And play, paying the players, that's cool. That's one thing. I, you're going to see players committed to that because there are going to be yeah. players. Because if you look at it now. But you see, my bad, because Robert, you see they throwing the check out there and put, people ain't immediately just, oh, yeah, let me go get paid. No, yeah, because so. we also have the NILs and these. Exactly. For better or worse, regardless of how I think it's for better, but these kids are also aren't growing up in the same situation as a lot of NBA players, like current NBA players were 10, 15, 20 years ago, where it's like, I need it. Yeah, no, nah, I need like, it. Like, it'd be cool if I get it, but <laughs> I don't need it for real. I don't real. need like, it like they need it. Yeah, so I think that makes a difference. So it's like, can we get drafted? Like, are we just here and it's like, AAU basketball for real with a paycheck. Exactly. And I think, like say, them two, one in the top five gets it, two in the top seven to 11 sells the whole league to where you might see more of, maybe not the top five players because if you're in the top five, unless you just fall off a cliff over the next year, your spot in the NBA is guaranteed for the most part. Like, right. it's guaranteed. So, and I don't even think they gotta like win rookie of the year. No, they just, all rookie yeah. team. But let, they gotta one, get drafted. Let one of them get drafted top five, and then and, one and, of them be have a successful rookie. It don't even have to be uh, the same one in the exactly. same instance. Like, you just need to see like, it. Like the lower drafted one could have a better rookie year, be all rookie, be in competition for rookie of the year. And it's gonna speak volumes. If both of them are in that rising rookie star game next year, I hope they go back to rookies versus sophomores. If both of them is in that game next year, OTE winning. No, and for sure. If you, you know, we spent some time at OTE because we played pickup there. Shout out to the four one one brand, John Thomas. We played there on Wednesdays, and you're in elite facilities. It's it's people around who you want to be around. NBA trainers, NBA players, people stopping in and out. They host big events. The setup is there to be what you need it to be. And if you have the talent to be an NBA player, it's just a gap year, honestly. You training for a year, you get to play, so you're keeping your skills sharp, and then you you go to the NBA. But they're, they're showing you that you're going to have viable connections, viable ways with teams to come Which to see you. Which is probably the most important part of all of this. Exactly. So two players in the top five will get players to, I think, commit to go. And no. it's going to keep the because they already back. They got money behind it. I know Kevin Durant is a person that's behind overtime. It's funny, well, overtime real quick. Well, I remember when they first got started, I did some videos for overtime when they just were on the app. And um, that's when Zion was in high school. We used to show up to some games, get, get some videos. They posted on the app. Everybody did whatever on the app. And they've gone from that to to the brand that they had online. You start going to the AU games. Everybody had on the overtime shirts to building, you know, getting people to put money into it to build this whole league, which was built off of the JBA. People thought LeVar Ball was crazy, and he said some crazy stuff, but the overtime league is nothing but the JBA, honestly, with real money behind it. And you got real basketball minds behind it, and it's going to lead to a different way the players get drafted, another outlet for Players, players to get drafted. No, yeah, I for sure definitely. I was definitely finna shout out LeVar, LeVar Ball it's for that. It's the JBA, man. LeVar, <laughs> he just was, he, he was, he was braggadocious. No, he yeah, spoke my big problem, my was problem wasn't that he wanted to do it. My problem was how are you going to make it sustainable? Exactly. That That's was, the only like, thing. That right? was my only thing. Like, do it. Because I always thought, like, yes, give those kids that route. At a certain point, maybe, you know, 17, 18-year-olds should be able to get play, paid to play basketball before they go to the NBA, any sport in general. That's what they're doing. So, right? that's, yeah, so it was like my problem wasn't never with Bart Var doing it my problem was are you just doing this to throw ideas out there cause it mainly helped his son like shout exactly. out to him for being a dad but that was for LaMelo so LaMelo could stay in front you know in the front of a camera for basketball but exactly you know. so that's what that was for and he spoke big and 
it, it made it always made sense yeah. to do but like you said how are you gonna do it and how do you attract the talent that wants to be around because at the end of the day OTE is four teams you're basically working out playing against each other they playing against other little teams here and there but they may can only play certain teams in the offseason because like a traditional high school can't play them because players are getting paid right. or whatever but you can play them in like summer leagues and preseason games like and stuff like that so that was your way to play against top talent because Bronny and Sierra Canyon they played at the overtime elite jam last year um, Centennial shout out to my former teammate Shannon Sharp he won the six coaches at Centennial they played at OTE last year they was in OTE a couple weeks ago on some summer run type right. stuff so yeah, sure. that's how you keep the competition coming in and during the season you just sharpening your skills so um, I mean just like even the, the you know Darius Baisley he set out for a year, took his internship with uh, uh, New, Balance, New Balance, and he got drafted. If he would have went first round, I think that would have think that would that would have opened up that, that went to another level. Yeah. If he would have went top five, yeah. that would have really sent it to a to another absolutely. level. And he played a little bit of OKC. We'll see if the signs bring him back. It's still they absolutely should. It's still a space for Darius Baisley if he can you know who, but that's something you know something else. No, nah, yeah, for sure. And before we get out of here, because of course, like I said, I did want to wrap this season up with our final thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. We got to talk about the season as a whole. We ain't got to, you know, go into super long detail about that in the homo. But this was a season, and I hate, I'm not, I don't want to rank it because I don't want to go back like, oh, man, what was the best season of the last 20 years? Because I don't right. know for I real. I wouldn't know, right? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> like, I ain't finna sit here and act like I could pull it up and computer take it. But just looking at this season as a whole, on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rank this season? I guess this is the easiest way to do it, for real. I couldn't even rank it. I would just That's say this fair. season... I just try to think about like what the theme of the seasons are because that's what be the difference for me is it mm-hmm. a dominating factor in or is it a historic year as far as with numbers mm-hmm. um the deals trade deadlines like what was kind of like a theme for mm-hmm. the year and i think this year was like it was like a, the theme for me was just like a transition of a lot of new stuff there was a lot of new all-stars this year and, and a little bit blast for, from the past but like newer players making a stamp on the league how Sacramento got themselves back in it the league was wide open all year because everyone was really having a chance at different times throughout the year new pit players in the MVP Jason Tatum got in the MVP conversation um, obviously Luka continues to make his stamp on the league. The Nuggets and their dominating factor. Joel Embiid won his first uh, MVP. Um, Nuggets first championship in their history. Um, I think a lot of introductions to people. Paul uh, Paolo Carroll, how he started the year, averaging 25 carrying that team um, in Orlando. And I think it's just leading as we're getting kind of out of the last couple of years. We've gotten our stars from the past, kind of get their championships. Not from the past, but from the past. LeBron got one a couple of years ago. Steph obviously got one previously. Um, but we're seeing the new guys kind of get theirs and make their mark on the league. And I think we just ushering the new stars. I think, honestly, going forward, you saw Jalen Bronson have a big year this year. I think we saw Donovan Mitchell go to uh, take his next step, next step, especially throughout the regular season um, this year. Like, he was – how he was leading Cleveland. I think he had some fair um, MVP talk. So if I'm going to rank it, I think overall it was, I would say, uh, eight for the year, eight and a half. Like, it was a really good year. Um, It was a good year to watch basketball, and it was good to watch some of the the new players. And I think next year we we just going into the next generation still kind of making another stamp because there's some young teams that I think are going to be ready to compete, not necessarily win, but still competing to another level as we get the new stars, the new top fives. I think everybody's top ten is different now. It's more debatable because it's like, do you keep this player in? Should that player be in? There's no more legacy keeping you in the top ten of the season, the base. No, for sure. Right, yeah. So I think that's what I saw a lot from this year. We're making a transition. Um, as you're seeing the new stars kind of be the stars for tomorrow. Even just looking at commercials or the, the Instagram posts that they're going to post. And it's not just – LeBron, Steph, James Harden. Now you're going to see Jokic. You're going to see Embiid. That's our John Morant in one. You're going to see Luka in it. You're going to see Jason Tatum in. Like, he's a main focus in a lot of them. Um, 
And I think that's just going to continue uh, as the new stars establish themselves. No, nah, yeah. Giannis isn't them too, obviously. Nah, yeah. No, y'all for sure kind of on the same page. Like, say, leaving your mark. Of course, we had LeBron break the all-time scoring record. Who knows how yeah. far, that, you know, who knows how much he's going to add on to that because who knows when he's going to retire. Like you said, you had, even with all the players averaging 30 this year, y'all know because of yeah. how the NBA is with being a more offensively creative and forward league, you're going to have, I think, what we had, like, seven, eight, nine players average 30 this year. Which of course, whatever the number was, I'm pretty sure it was a career high for individual players averaging 30 in the in a regular season. Of course, we had a bunch of players get I think like to 12 at least 1,200 total points. Jason Tatum for the most part led the league in total points and whatnot. Like I said, uh, Shea SGA down at OKC really cement himself as one of the future stars in the league. Even like I said, not hey, necessarily yeah, on the Shea NBA Shea. Instagram post, but with just his Instagram post. And he was huge on GQ. How he dresses? Oh, yeah, he dresses. And, and he wore the big red boots. He Shea overall no, got cool style. Like you in OKC, where you getting this from? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he ain't popping up no, in no yeah. dresses and this. Nah, no, yeah. <laughs> No, nah, yeah, then you have players like Anthony Edwards who who is such Anthony Edwards is such a new school individual player with how big his game is and how electric he is, but he's always ready to big up his teammates, which I think is probably one of the most important things. You can be as a young star, be a player who doesn't mind bigging up a player because that just like you gotta play with me, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. you gotta be out here, I want I need you hooping too. He needed Jaden McDaniels hooping. Whenever Carthen Towns feel like he needs him hooping, so I love to see Anthony Edwards never shot. Like, what's the? I guess it's probably the most famous one now. Like they got KD, we got Jaden McDaniels. Like, <laughs> of course, like yeah, Jaden McDaniels not KD, but we got Jaden McDaniels, bro. Like you can't be mad at that. And like I said, of course, it's the players who are entering right in the middle of their primes or entering their prime, Jason Tatum, Jokic. Uh, MB Giannis and they just show that continued which is why I kind of I don't feel bad for KD because he's had a long great career but I feel like he's at the point where he's playing the best basketball of his life and he just can't stay healthy right. after 35 games into the season like KD will go on a crazy run for like two weeks and then alright it's a knee injury and like oh shit he got sit for a month and a half exactly. like this nigga on a run where he ain't took more than 15 shots and he averaged 35 points a night on 56% shooting but that's just who he is. And hes I'm pretty sure he's alluded to that. He feels like he's playing some of the best basketball of his career. So we got to see Steph. The players took some Steph back, but we ain't going to mention those players. We've seen some players who could possibly, like I say, possibly lead the next generation even after those great players like Jokic, like a Jalen Green, who we expect to take another step next year on the IMA. K, who, when healthy, is one of the best young point guards in the league. Paolo, like I say, came out averaging 25 on fire. I don't think we've seen a player like that in a long time in the NBA to where he comes out on that much fire. So, I can say, oh, no, it was a great season to me. I wish you were right in that eight and a half, nine, if I got to put a number on it. But I'm looking forward to next season as well because I want to see what some can some of these players who had these years this year take it to the next level next year and maybe help lead their teams to the playoffs or to play in. Maybe we get a play in team to win a championship next year. That's not gonna happen. But who knows what who knows how it's gonna be. Who knows how does you know when Adam Silver is ready to start implementing these um tournaments and whatnot, how it's gonna look out like and before we get out of here you ain't got to go, you know, super incredible on your thoughts on this. But, of course, Jai got suspended for 75 games. For 75 get, games? Oh, shit, my bad. Oh, you 25 games. You got O.J. Mayo. <laughs> 25 games. I forgot I, about it. Well, I guess what we can call conduct, conduct detrimental to the league or whatever. But I know a lot of people thought it was going to be more. I know a lot of people still think the 25 is too much, of course. It already talks about the MBPA. Um, not liking that number and maybe doing something about it even though they were there in the room during those discussions. Yeah, they spoke up about it. Get CJ McCullough out of it and I'm just playing. But how do you see this, you know, affecting I guess Memphis over the offseason because it's like y'all do have time. Y'all got to make moves, but what's the moves you make knowing you got a player who's be back for Christmas Day that's so dynamic that you don't necessarily want a replacement, but you need somebody to help fill in that roster? Right. Uh I think he got too many games, but I don't understand why he got the games that That's he fair. got. And I thought he was going to get more games. So I thought he was going to get more games. I thought he was going to get more. I think he got too many, but I understand why he got what he got. I thought he should have just got like 10 games. Honestly, it's not illegal to have a – look, it's not illegal to have a gun. And I don't care about the, the image and all that. Nobody See, I think he got 25 also because when he gave himself this – 
the when he gave himself eight games. Like that's you and already been here, bro. Like what we do. You know what? He got eight games before, didn't he? So he, he, he so yeah. so it should have been right 20, out, it should have yeah, been twenty basically kind of double it. Same, so, so twenty five is fair. Okay, never mind. I take it back then. Twenty five is fair, and I do think that's why he should. have I said ten. I was thinking he got like five the first time. It might have been but five. It was between five and eight. It, was it like wasn't. It eight. wasn't ten though. The first so time I know that he should have got fifteen to twenty games. Then I put it in that because I get it because of the image, because think, of yeah. repeat offender, yeah. because. You're not doing this. It's not like you're at a range or whatever. You're just in the club, casually in the showing around guns. So I get it. And it, that doesn't promote good gun safety, which is detrimental to the league because it's not a good look. And you are employed by the league and actively show that you're employed by the league. So I get it. it don't they, They're associated with you. If you want to show your guns, go to the gun range. Like, I get all that. Um, if I'm in this, I don't do nothing as far as, like, no big, you know, uh, they got not Trey Jones. Tyus. Uh, Tyus is gonna yeah. step in and start for the first twenty five games. Right. I would add another guard. No, yeah, for sure. But it's like you want to know is this guard gonna be somebody who's gonna be here full time? Like, like yeah, like I'm improving need, my team. Yeah, I'm improving my team is normal, but I'm not going drastic at point guard. Basically, right, sure. I, Tyus is gonna start. I'm gonna get somebody that's solid to run the team behind him. Mm-hmm. We're gonna look to go 15 and 10 in the first 25 games, maybe 17 and uh, eight or whatever. Right. Have the math add up. Try to win 15 games. If we can be five games over 500 by the time Jack come back. I think that's respectable and that's good. You going in training camp already knowing this. You just treat it like he he's out. He's hurt because um, he obviously can't be around the team, so he, he ain't gonna be able to practice with them or nothing like that. And I hope Ja comes in locked in. He said he's gonna be working out, so when he it's time, he can be ready to go. So you have to hope he's he's ready to go. I'm not gonna get into his mental and mental health and all that stuff. I just think he gotta make smart decisions. Period. You know they on your ass about this. Just don't do it no more. It's a it's a it's an easy fixable situation to me. I don't care about this. What people think about the life that he lived, where he come from. I think Ja has a right to own a gun if he wants to own a gun because he can legally own a gun, but I don't care about all that. Just stay off social media with it. There's no excuses for it. It's not something you have to do. It's not something you have to be addicted to. It's not a drug. Like, just don't do it no more going forward because they on your ass about it. And not even because I, I like the, the role model, the I'm standing up for this. Don't get suspended from your team and don't let them mess with your money. That there's 25 games, the 25 games that you ain't getting paid. You still gotta pay Uncle Sam. I know you got big bills because you're getting big bucks, and that's just how it goes. Not just because you wanted to be that way, but that's just how it is. You, the bigger the money you make, the bigger your bills are. Cool. Nike still behind you. You ain't losing no major endorsements. You still young. You still one of the best young point guards in the NBA. And when he comes in healthy, Memphis is gonna go on a crazy run. And I hope they add some shooting and some scoring to their team. So they could be solid with him when he gets there. Um, but yeah, stay off social media. The PA, yeah, I, I wonder what they was gonna say because I also say, which I also agree with, this I guess they're trying to make it a precedent, which is why it was an issue when it happened with Kyrie, this undisclosed thing you gotta do. Like that that's not what's in our collective bargain agreement. Our collective bargain agreement is you give us a suspension, you give us set things to do. Suspension with community service. Suspension, and you have to take a uh, uh, anger management class. Suspension, and you got to go to whatever class. Not, you get suspended, and to be determined obligations. You got to meet with these, these people, that people, and these people. Like, all right, that's not what our CBA says. Respect the CBA. Um, which is why they speak up about certain suspensions and stuff like that. But they mainly speaking up about those. What are these other obligations? That's not what we talked about. Stay off social media with your guns, Ja. I don't believe that they toys, but if that's what you said, that's what they said. I don't believe it. <laughs> Just stay off social media with it. And Memphis is going to finish top four in the West again next year. Nah, yeah, for sure. I definitely the same thing, like say. That's all we got for this episode. Before we get out of here, we definitely not finna go super into it with that next episode. But Mike Dunleavy Jr. is the new GM of the Golden State Warriors. That's what's up. Yeah. But other than that, you got anything else for this episode? Nah, shout out to Mike Dunleavy. He was drafted by the Warriors. He's pretty much worked under Bob Myers, so I think you kinda hope the sauce get dripped on 
on you a little bit, pause. You know that your owner is willing to spend that check. You just got to make the right moves that you're spending the checks on, like not giving Draymond a 30-plus per year deal, but give him a long-term deal so he feels secure and a nice little bag where he's okay about it. Same for Clay. But other than that, uh, appreciate the supporters. I said it the last episode. I said it again. They've been running our numbers up, and it's really dope that everybody's doing that. So shout out to the supporters. Um, we definitely have been seeing, you know, the love that people are showing. I think it's just because y'all want a Hooper's Pie shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's definitely what it is. Everybody see the shirt, like, hold on, man, I listen to an episode, they tell me how I can get one. <laughs> and I ain't mad at you. Now they don't find out that Jelani got two of them things. Shout out to Jelani, man. Jelani was the first person to have us on the show. He is the was the third unofficial Hooper. Nick Andres, the fourth unofficial Hooper. So shout out to them because he is Hooper Pod. Official. And like you said, when you in the city, you would, hey, they in the city. They in the city. So shout out to everybody. Your Hooper Pod shirts are on the way to the ones who I owe Hooper Pod shirts too. We definitely hooking up people that was going to be in the city first. You're showing love. Keep running them numbers up and you might get one. Just send, might get send, one for free. Send us a message. Just ask for a shirt. And I'm doing I'm doing drop-offs all week. <laughs> well, for real though. I will for real if you in the city but for real appreciate the supporters everyone that's been listening to the pod you know you can find us anywhere podcasts are available Spotify Apple this stuff is gonna be on the YouTube I ain't been updating the YouTube but keep subscribing to that thing anyway and we gonna get it right um you can follow us on Twitter at Hooper's Pod Instagram is Instagram is real body but we got an Instagram the underscore Hooper's IG we pop up on there once in a while I'm not that big on Instagram no more. We just be on there watching videos nowadays. But Twitter, we be on Twitter. Shout out to Twitter, at Hooper's Pod. Shout out to the Author Ball Network, Chris LeBron, Mo, everybody over there. That's all I got. Jeff, shout out to Jeff. All right, and of course, like I said, you know, we're going to try to get those shows, shirts out to everybody. Once we get uh, that second batch in, then we'll let y'all know when they go up. When we yeah, everybody wears size large, apparently, man. Like that's, that's the up. problem, right? Where well, all y'all that no large. I'm out of large right now. I got a good amount of medium. Tell, tell the truth, everybody not no large, bro. Uh, they see them thing. That's what the, going back to the baggy area. You know, everybody dripping. Nah, all right, shirts, shirts all look. Shirts some of us hooping at them, but you know, you can put it on too. You nah, yeah, right. These these are to be worn. And, Hey, these, are all purpose, these are all purpose shirts but like I said of course we got a lot coming up this summer definitely gonna start throwing out some names so y'all can get ready for this summer series volume 2 the uh, off season we're gonna try to get in here at least once a week in between the recordings biggest of those of the summer uh, the biggest summer series too Right, we're going to try to do some on-location stuff this year so we can get y'all some videos I think we got some cool people who you can get down with that but other than that I'm John W Fresh X and this was the Hoopers Pod